Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. All right, well, a fine morning to you. I'm going to share with you the focus of the class and why this is relevant. And I will attempt to create synergy between the distinctions and the class. So the topic that I'm gonna share with you in the class and why that's relevant and important. So the class focuses on back heart space, place you cannot see. And what lives back there is heartbreak, left side of the back heart space, heartbreak. Something we all know very well. We have known, we do know, and will know, heartbreak. It's part of the human experience. There's no question about that. And it seems to me, it does not get spoken about enough. And mostly from the individual, mostly from us. You know, the kind of heartbreak we've experienced and potentially the kind of heartbreak that you're in right now. And communication and expression is such a key piece to mending one's heart. That's how it seems to me. On the right side, fear of the abuse of love. Love can be abusive. If you have not noticed, and the sacrifice that comes along with attempting to love, be loved and to love. And that can often be our interpretation of love, that love is painful. And that can keep us tentative, worried, doubtful, concerned around love. And that kind of posture in the body is a collapse. We collapse, we collapse, we, the body collapses around the heart to protect it. The practice of yoga is the countermeasure to that. It's like, okay, stand up, shoulders back, get in your spine and reveal your heart. That's one of the attempts of this beautiful practice. When we're in protection, the shoulders round, the chest caves, the back heart break, uh, that back heart space rounds. And so eyes drop and we're collapsed. The body's collapsed around the heart. Not ideal. We feel our heart less and so do other people. They feel our heart less. So much so we become heartless. And that's easy. We can become heartless, no problem. I see you're angling for your job. Yep, well done. <laughs> Thanks so much. You're amazing at it. <laughs> so I'm going to speak about the heart. And I've been speaking about the heart for many days in our relationship with love. It's been quite interesting. I've enjoyed myself talking about this. Not easy. And I'm learning a lot about myself and how I've postured myself, certainly within my body, but also within my relationship to love and attempting to make it mine yet again. And that always needs to be tended to, seems to me, that we have to update ourselves. The tendency is we, there's a, there's a part of it that wants to stay the same. So there's a part of us that wants to stay the same, that does not want to change. And again, there's so many benefits to this practice. This practice is designed to support change. And we have to change. As soon as we start to understand ourselves, we have to change. 
Otherwise, it's a limitation. It's an immediate limitation because we know. <laughs> so once we know, we have to change. And that's this beautiful practice. Once you know, like a posture, change. Next posture. Then you get to know and then you get to change. And what an extraordinary practice to have in life because life is ever-changing. Have you noticed that? <laughs> as much as we wanted to stay the same, woo, it's changing. And a lot of changes, especially these days. Think about the last three years we've lived out. My goodness, there has been a lot of change, a lot of movement, and it's very difficult to keep up with, especially if you want to stay the same. It doesn't work. What ends up happening is we get left behind. And that certainly can happen in our relationships. We just get left behind. And that's not ideal. So my attempt is to speak about the distinctions between reality and hope in this conversation. Those two experiences and concepts reveal themselves at this time of the year, the holiday season. There's this expectation that we're hopeful during this time of the year. Let's just be hopeful. And that's great to have hope. But then there's a reality. And those things don't match up sometimes. Our hopeful spirit, and then there's reality. And the reality is you and your life. And there's hope in that, of course. And then there's not. And so that's what I'll explore and speak about. And so on the top board, there's some distinctions I'll walk you through to be in the Christmas spirit. The gap between hope and reality can war most viciously during this time of year. They can be at war with each other, hope and reality. Hey, I thought this was supposed to be a hopeful time. What's going on, reality? Even my hope is supposed to be hopeful. It's the war that rages within your own heart between hope and pain, good and evil, love and hate, and the hero and the saboteur. And we're all of those things. And all of those things are raging in your heart. And that's the war that you feel you're in at times. And it's vicious. There's the part of us that is deeply vicious and is committed to self-sabotage. And then there's the other side of you that is the hopeful side that is attempting to pull you along so you can live out your highest potential in your life and whatever that looks like. It's in our darkest moments, like the darkest point of the year, like right now, December, darkest point of the year. It's a difficult time of the year, often, not all the time, but often it puts things in perspective. Yet another calendar year, what's happened throughout my year? What have I done? What have I not done? What am I hopeful for? What's my life look like? All of these different things. And it's in these darkest times that the hero emerges and wants to emerge. It's like, let me out. I'm here. Let's get it on. <laughs> I'm up for this adventure. And I'm here with you for you. It's your darkest times. And I reside in your heart. Call on me. I'm simply waiting. And it's in the appearance of the hero that you can celebrate the return to illumination which is so much about this time of the year. You can celebrate your own illumination. 
And that's the celebration in some ways when it comes to this time of the year with all the lights, with all the lights. It's a celebration. And coming back to your own illumination and to be able to see that within your own heart, that you are an illuminated being if you see yourself that way. And it's a beautiful thing to celebrate. And if you're not celebrating that about you, who is? <laughs> you have to be for that, which is challenging. But what a beautiful thing to stand for. The hero, the shiro, however you see yourself. Hmm. And to connect to that heroic energy and posture and stance that you have in your own heart. And it's a strange experience. Because people that love you see that in you. I can imagine sometimes you don't see that within your own self. That's the strange thing about being a human being. <laughs> and so to believe that the people that love you and care for you want the best for you, see the side of you. Because it shows up every day, certainly in your relationships and all that you do. And the amount of effort that you put into what you do on a daily basis, which is extraordinary. It's a tremendous effort to be a human being. Have you noticed that? <laughs> to get up, stand up, take on life yet again, day after day. And you're successful because you're here. And that deserves some attention and some celebration as I see it. And so let me ask you a question around this spirit that lives in your own heart. Maybe you can attach to it or get close to it through this question. What is it meant for you to be here? Whether you've been here for a little bit, whether you just got here, how do you put that in perspective? What has this meant to you, you being here so far? What have you connected to? What have you experienced? What have you appreciated? Have you got something to say about that? Love for yourself. Okay. Okay. Good. Love for myself. Love for myself. Okay. Good. Mm -hmm. Time for self-reflection. Yeah. Great. Anybody else? I think it's another instance of um, something guiding me. Yeah, okay, good. Some force that's guiding you. Yeah, so much so you sprouted a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I love it. Looks good on you, brother. <laughs> Yeah. And this has meant a lot to you, yeah? It's changed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, it seems to me that you've appreciated the reception, that you've been received and embraced. Yeah. Beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, and it's, there's this distinction between 
what we do and who we are. You know, the tendency we can fall in this trap of doing, and if through the doing, then people will appreciate and love me. Hmm. You know, but you extract that from the equation and it's more around the being and to allow people to be with you and to appreciate you and love you for who you are. And that's what I've noticed in this space. You unique individuals in this weird experiment called Peace Retreat. Gather a bunch of people in the jungle and see what the hell happens. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing to watch unfold. You know, that there's these heart connections that happen and the simplicity that uh, that unfolds. You know, you strip away from the doing in various different ways, right? It's like, okay, maybe, maybe I can do less here. And you've been doing less in some ways. But then being more is what's unfolding. And that's what you get to take home. What a beautiful thing. And people will recognize that. Absolutely. And I think it's worthwhile identifying and articulating what this has meant to you. That's important. You have that choice and you always have that choice of how you shape your experience, such as yoga practice. You always have the opportunity to shape your experience and it is you shaping your own experience. And that's good to know. So I'm gonna walk you through reality versus hope. Pain is what's most real, persistent and persuasive in life, pain. That's how it seems to me. Life is suffering. We suffer. And there's no greater evidence of that than your past. But that's what we have to contend with. Not all the time, but certainly at times. And often we have to experience pain in life and to confront it and to embrace it and attempt to solve the riddle called pain. Pain is what you experience when your story falls, falls apart, then you fall apart and you descend into hell. And our story falls apart often, doesn't it? What we think we know all of a sudden evaporates. It's like, ah, and then we disintegrate and we fall apart and into a place that we know very well, your own hell. And it's an interesting place to be, our own hell, and how difficult it is to pull ourselves back out of such a thing. But the importance of doing such a thing. Once there, you soon realize that you've led yourself to hell, all on your own. And this realization is excruciatingly painful, and it is. Here I am again. How did I get here? And if you notice how you get yourself into your own living hell, it is always you. As much as we attempt to point the finger as we descend into our own hell and grab as many people as we can all the way down, if you unpack it, break it down and notice it deeply and honestly, it was you. And the kinds of mistakes you made all the way there and you avoided the mistakes that you're making all the way there because it's rarely is it one mistake that you've made to get yourself to living hell yet again. It's often a series of decisions and mistakes that we make to get ourselves there. And I've been sharing with over the last several days, that is my experience. I'm in my own hell right now and I'm attempting to make sense of my own excruciating pain 
and noticing how I've placed myself there. And it does not feel good, but it's a pain I have to feel. So perhaps I can solve the problem so it doesn't occur again. And if we're not willing to feel into the pain, we'll never change. And that's one of the benefits of you inhabiting your body in the proper way so you can feel. It's one of the reasons why we don't inhabit our body when we attempt to escape our body because it is a source of pain. It is the source of pain. When you think about that, where do you experience pain? <laughs> well, it's in your body. The very reason why we don't like being in our body. But if you're not willing to be in your body and to experience what you have to experience, you'll never change. This thing called the mind will consistently keep you out of your body and to rationalize everything and make you right and everybody else wrong. And that is living hell for sure because there's nothing good in that. Nothing good comes from that. And so that's a stark reality, confronting your relationship to pain and where it exists and what are you willing to do about it? Because it's true right now. You cannot escape that as much as you can, even though you're here in Costa Rica, perhaps attempting to escape what I'm speaking to and about. But to not do that, to run straight into it as much as you possibly can and as ferociously as you can, that's this beautiful practice. Yet again, it's all about alignment. That's the practice of yogi. Align to everything, avoid nothing. Huh. What a standard and principle to live up to. That. Align, align, align. Yet again, even if you don't want to. I'm looking away, I'm looking away, I'm looking away. Don't look away. <laughs> I'm turning away, I'm turning away. Don't turn away. And that's the postures. That's the practice. Even if you don't like something, can you confront it like a posture? Can you get into your body? Can you get into your breath? Can you get into you and your heart? And the answer is yes, if you so choose it. And so the hopeful side of you, hope is a result of doing what you need to do. And by doing so, it actually manifests. Wow, that's amazing when that happens. You do something that you know you need to do and it manifests as a result of your efforts. And it's not just of your efforts. Yes, that's true. But it's also a result of how you've placed your heart and how you've placed yourself in your heart that's informed your actions to get you to the result that is good for you. Peace and goodwill is such a manifestation. Time of the year. A little bit of peace, a little bit of goodwill, kind of like last night. In this place of peace, offering some goodwill, playing board games and singing along and some dancing. You see Abby last night? Whoa, you're on fire. Yeah, you like the party. I like that about you, Abby. <laughs> yeah, you like the move. Absolutely. And that energy is like a hopeful energy. It's mm, contagious. It's a beautiful thing. Had some song, had some poetry. Oh my goodness, all of these wonderful things we had in the space last night. And it was a hopeful space. 
a lot of smiles and laughter and connection. It was really quite beautiful. Even had a trumpet in the house. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And so peace and goodwill is such a manifestation. And by doing so, you cultivate hope for you and others. How to be peaceful in your own heart. And so you can be a force of goodwill for yourself and others in your relationships, in your households, at your work, in your families, wherever you place yourself. Can you be that force of good? And that is the attempt and that is the war that you're in. How to be that. A force of good in this world, which is extraordinarily difficult. And if you've ever tried it, you know what I'm speaking about. You have to confront and battle yourself consistently because it is easy to be lazy and to make things worse. That's the lazy way out always. That's the cowardice way out always. And it's always a choice and is so tempting. There's that side of us. It's like, hey, come on over. It's way better over here. And that's the devil on the shoulder. The manifestation of hope is the rebirth of the hero in your own heart. When you do something good for yourself, it establishes hope in your heart. And so you're willing to do it yet again. You're playing out risk and reward that you take a risk and sometimes a reward. And the reward is striking and worth taking. Like perhaps kissing a frog in a toilet every once in a while. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> what, a, what a risk. <laughs> Whatever it takes, absolutely. <laughs> and so that's what's in front of you in this practice. The reality of life that you have to confront and are confronting right now and the ability to be a hopeful source of good for yourself in your practice. And if you can be that for yourself, you can be that for others. And that's a contagious energy. What a beautiful thing. Will we always have the capacity to choose it? No, we won't. And that's okay too, but what's nestled in that experience and that choice is a lot of lessons. <laughs> A tremendous amount of lessons. And so let me ask you, what are you hopeful for? Speaking of hope, what are you hopeful for? What are you hopeful for? What are you pulling yourself towards? What is that? Big question. You can always change the answer too. Anybody got something to say about this? What are you hopeful for? It's a big thing to say out, isn't it? It's like, what happens if it doesn't come true? Do I have the capacity to live in such a big dream and vision? We're saying it anyways. Contentment. Thank you for saying that. Balance. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Connections. Connections. Yeah, nice. Integrity, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Very good. Fulfilling and healthy relationships. Wonderful, thanks for that. Anybody else? 
connections. Hmm. Okay. You like these connections, huh? <laughs> Anybody else want to throw their hope in the ring? <laughs> Say it again. Love. Love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Juicy experience. <laughs> Alignment. Okay, good. Okay, very good. I'm going to have something. Pull it in. Let that be the posture for your heart. That's the idea. For me, I'm angling, for me, I'm angling to... I feel like I've experienced a lot of death this year. Uh, like death, real death and symbolic death. And so that's what I'm experiencing now. And so I'm hopeful for the rebirth. And I don't quite know what that looks like yet. You know, but what will rise from death? And I have a say in that. And I'm saying something about that. And in various different ways, that's why I teach. So I have a say, so I have a voice. Because I know it's always waiting for me. It's the quiet me that doesn't say much. I'd rather be quiet than have a voice. And I know the reality of such a posture and it's called pain. <laughs> and so the last several days has been very meaningful for me. Just attempting to make sense of the death of experience and the hopeful part of me that is still angling for love, even around so much death and life. So I've appreciated you being here and tolerating these conversations and listening to me and there's been a lot of support in this for me, whether you've realized that or not. And so I appreciate you and I have a tremendous amount of respect for you. And so I'm celebrating your illumination by being here and uh, I honor your hearts. So thank you for that. It's time to practice, wouldn't you say? Let's do that.